Hi, I'm Annabelle. And I'm Amy, and welcome to Escaping Purgatory, a podcast where we rewatch Supernatural, then talk it through in the hopes that we can finally escape the show. Join us each week and leave comments on upcoming episodes, and together we can escape Supernatural Purgatory. Hello. I said that with a weird inflection, but there you go, we'll, <laughs> we'll get through it. Hi! <laughs> Hi! Okay, so this week we are on Season 2, Episode 19, Balsam Prison Blues. I want to say Folsom Street Blues, but if anyone knows what Folsom Street is, then you know why I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Folsom Prison Blues, which I think is fun, funny because there is an actual Folsom Prison, but it's, this is not where this episode takes place. No. It was alright. <laughs> Just put it that way, it was alright. <laughs> I, I remember this episode being better than it was. Like, yes. Yeah. And I, I wonder if it's because of, like, the reveal in this episode. Like, th- there isn't really much of a rewatch value of this because, mm. like, Oh, it's not who you thought it was. I had forgotten. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay, okay, fine. So this episode is written by John Shaban, and he normally does pretty good episodes, and directed by Mike Roll. It has an 8.7 out of 10 on IMDb. It's a little undeserving of that, (laughs) in my opinion. (laughs) I don't know if that's controversial yet, Brave. But I said it. <laughs> I well, I think you you know, before we came on the podcast we were talking about this and how Hollywood Babylon has a lower rating than this episode and it's just really Yeah, this at least Hollywood Bo- Babylon had like entertainment in it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it was it was funny. This one was just kind of it was is uh, it was acted really straightly <laughs> when I feel like they could have made it more funny. But I know why you're laughing, because some of the lines that are said, especially towards the end of this episode, <laughs> I was like, don't take this out of context. <laughs> no, do. Take everything out of context. All the I time. Mean, yeah. All the time. All Every the time. day. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I guess we can jump on in. Um, remember when we used to look at reviews of the episode and talk about them? <laughs> don't do that anymore. Wow. <laughs> so, the recap is basically... Like, we knew it's going to be a B-plot mm-hmm. episode just because of prison. And it's basically, it was sharing all the events of Night Shifter and just, like, meeting Hendrickson again and all that kind of stuff. So then we cut to now. We're at Green River County Detention Center. Mm-hmm. And I looked it up. It's actually in Wyoming. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just sort of like your typical, like, prison yard scene there's everybody out just working out hanging out mm-hmm. doing what they do they're inside the prison and or jail detention center and they're sort of cutting down a cell door like just one cell like the way they were making it sound is this if they cut down this door there's going to be like a whole other like block of prisons but it really is just a because when i hear cell block because what they're calling it I'm, yeah imagining a whole group of them but it's literally just a, just a one single cell it looks like they had welded the door shut and that's why they were cutting through it i thought it was loads of cells as well maybe i was wrong i don't know it, it's a weird shot i guess it's establishing that they're breaking into somewhere that hasn't been open in a really long time 
um, yeah. complaining about wasting taxpayers' money. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the whole prison system. Anyway, um, let's not get into that one. Let's not get into that one. Let's just turn this into Amy and Annabelle's thoughts on the American justice system. Let's go. <laughs> okay, no, it's fine. <laughs> as they open, as they manage to get the door open, we we go back to like the establishing sort of ghost lore in that yeah. like it's now cold. There's flickering lights and stuff, so they've just unleashed a ghost into the prison, which I thought was kind of interesting because in the last episode there were three ghosts and none of that happened. No. <laughs> It's not consistent, and I'm. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> well, so I was, you know, I was having to think about it, and like, I'm. I wonder if it's situational because those ghosts weren't necessarily like violent, or they weren't. They weren't there by choice. Um, whereas this one is obviously a vengeful spirit, so maybe that's why mm. it does all of this stuff. It's to do with um, ghost power, like how much ghost power you got on the ghost scale. This one's yeah. maybe at like a seven. Or a six. I'd or say a, a six. That's my theory. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. It's probably ghost power level. It's over 9,000. <laughs> oh, no. So we hear, like, ghost sounds and all that kind of stuff. And then we cut to a cellmate who we l- later learn is his name's Randall. And the moment I saw him, I was like, oh, it's the warlock from Buffy. That's all I ever know him from. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I knew I recognised him from somewhere. And he's just sort of reading a book. More ghost stuff happens. Like, there's flickering lights and a bit of a cold spot. And the clock stops. Yes. And he's trying to get, like, the attention through his cell door to the guard, like, through the camera. The guard's kind of ignoring it and then says, okay, I'm going to go see what Randall wants. The guard gets there and he's a bit of a... He's a bit of a dick. Yeah, well. <laughs> Tells him to shut up and go to bed, turn the lights out. And then, like, he calls lights out for the entire area. I'm mm-hmm. like, why would you do that? That's terrifying. <laughs> I mean, you've just had a prisoner, like, say there's something out there and, like, mm-hmm. hollering at you. And then you're like, nah, it doesn't matter. Just lights out. And um, as he's walking away back to his guard station, his arm gets trapped in, like, the dividing gate. Yeah, thing and uh, gets attacked and screaming and all that kind of fun stuff yes so for me that was a really long pre- like a prelude I guess that's what these are like a real kind of heavy set to this episode of like a ghost in a prison mm-hmm. I'm, I was trying to take myself back to the first time I watched this episode and try to remember if I knew where it was going to go and it's like hmm I don't think I thought they would go this far. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's definitely a departure from like their last episode. Like, yeah, because the last one, while it was again ghosts, it was like it was kind of making fun of itself. I also thought it was really funny that they had gone back to their sort of desaturated, washed out look, but mm-hmm. like this orange jumpsuit. So there's your color again. <laughs> That's true. They're listening to the notes from the network. <laughs> there is <Exactly>. color. <laughs> It does add a it does add a special colour to another eye is quite but yeah, it's quite a grayscale episode. The the title card after it comes up it says that this is now three months later. So we've had a little bit of a time skip. Normally we go backwards, this time we're going forwards. 
and usually when we go forwards, it's usually like a week. I was like, I was surprised it was said three months. So I was like, what would, what would, what do you think they, what case do you think they were working on when this first ghost appeared? Do you think they were anywhere near Wyoming? Because they were in California <laughs> during Hollywood Babylon. <laughs> um, I think that's quite a distance to go. So I'm guessing they were just yeah. taking things out round about the state. I still wish they'd given us some like intermission episodes or like even just some shorts. They would totally do that these days where they give you like a little YouTube shorts of them like driving somewhere or like taking the Impala through a McDonald's drive through Or like, do you think Dean does all the maintenance on the Impala or does he get someone else to come do he, it sometimes? No, he absolutely does it all himself. Just like, I don't know... I'm trying to think of other intermission things I would have liked to see. Just buying loads of stuff in a gas station. This is really mundane stuff, but I like love these characters so much. I w- I said it before. I want to watch them do their laundry. <laughs> like, where did Sam get his like hippie shirt from? Yeah, let's watch where- him shop at Goodwill. Exactly. Or like, I don't know going to Bobby's for a barbecue like I'm here <laughs> for it like I wanted all those little moments so I'm I'm currently watching the final season of Lucifer and there's a lot of like plot fine but I do feel like that show did get it right in that they show you a lot of small moments in the characters lives and mm-hmm. it just really fleshes them out and then I just yeah I would like to see more in Supernatural we had so many episodes <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like when, when they eventually get to the bunker, we see a little bit more of that. Not quite as um, as mundane mm-hmm. stuff, but I do feel like we get to see a little bit more like how they would live if they had somewhere to live. But it's kind of, int- it would be kind of cool to see like, where do they stay when they're not on a case? Like when mm-hmm. they're looking for cases, like what kind of accommodation do they decide to stay in? Probably much of the same, but like, do they travel as they go, or do they stay in one spot then travel? Mm-hmm. How how what often do they, do? do they sleep in the car? Like all these kinds of mm-hmm. things. <sighs> anyway, musing on <laughs> <laughs> that. So yeah, it's been three months, and we see Dean and Sam breaking in somewhere. I think it's the museum. Sam is already saying to Dean as they walk through. I hate this plan, Dean. Yeah, I got that the first ten times I heard it. Which obviously you don't know the context for yet, so it just looks like this is a bad idea of breaking into this place, but mm-hmm. Sam hates the plan. They do trip a security alarm, like you see it go from green to red, and they start stealing like weapons, like an old axe and like a weird fish knife. I think that's a fish knife. I think so, but they don't even steal it, they just sort of like pick them up and look at them. Yeah. And they're wearing gloves. The one time that they break into something <laughs> and they're wearing Gloves. Like, One time they didn't need to. <laughs> like, <laughs> ugh. Oh, they had to make it look good, I guess. I mean, maybe they would have made a comment on it if, you know, they had been caught without gloves. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they get caught by the police. That's what we're getting at. And arrested very much like down on the ground. So they get down on their knees with their hands over their heads. And, and they do give a show of like, kind of like resisting a little bit. Sam looks very, very unhappy. <laughs> yeah, that I think that just sums up Sam's experience for this entire episode. Just very unhappy. Yeah, very unhappy and scared. <laughs> I totally agree. Poor Sam. Like honestly, like I'll, I'll get into it. But like 
Sam essentially is a good boy. Yeah, he's a good he boy. Is. He's a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> so this whole thing is just like, oh my god. <laughs> I know. Oh, I, I do feel for him. Um, <laughs> so we get the classic little sequence of them getting their mug shots taken. Dean's mm-hmm. blue steel face, which is used many times later in the series. Like you see it come yes. up a lot. <laughs> so I do have a little little side bit for this. Um, I have a giant poster of this. Mm. <laughs> um, and I, at the convention that I went to for Supernatural like years ago, I took it because Jared was going to be there and that's what I wanted him to sign because mm-hmm. I got a signature. And he and his assistant were arguing over the weight that was written on the on the poster. I, d- I think it says like 235 pounds. I don't remember. I didn't. I was, I was meant to take it out to have a look. But he was like, I don't think I was. Was I? And like, before we started recording, we were, me and Amy were both talking about like the when we were there. And I do not remember. We have our picture taken with him, Jared. Yeah. I don't remember it at all like, i don't remember so yeah that, that's my meeting jared padalecki story of uh him arguing over his weight at that time which i don't like i said i don't remember exactly what it was but <laughs> uh, anyway yeah oh, that's great that must have been i really want to say like 2015 i want to say 2015 so. yeah long time ago i was it was a very long time ago. And also, that's where I met Misha for the first... I remember meeting Misha mm-hmm. twice, because I f- almost fell on top of him. Kind of. <laughs> I fell into him. Uh, which is... I'm like... I'm getting embarrassed thinking about it I right know. now. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm... You know that, like, nervous sweat? I've got that right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. It was... It was fun. <laughs> oh. Our first convention story on the podcast. There'll be more. We have more. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> just reel them in. <laughs> Dean's in an interrogation room that looks eerily similar to the interrogation room in The Usual Suspects. I yep. think it's the same one. But, um, <laughs> and Hendrickson is there. He has a partner with him too, who I had no recollection of called Reed. Yeah, no, I don't remember. It- he contributes he, he, almost zero to this episode, so I wrote they're basically um bad cop and dumb cop. <laughs> Cause he literally just like just repeats what Hendrickson says. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, he's just backup, I guess. Yeah. I would say so Dean is very sassy Dean. He's ordering cheeseburgers like Turkey long enough, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> And with extra onions, I'm like, I'm not ready for more onions in this episode. I'm not over last week's episode. <laughs> oh my god, the onions. You think you're funny. I think I'm adorable. It is a pleasure to finally meet you in person, Dean. I've used that gift so many times in so many situations. It's perfect <laughs> um, for everything because I am adorable, actually. <laughs> Once Dean realises who he is, because it takes him a moment to clock Hendrickson, because they, they never met mm. in Night Shifter. He only ever talked to him on the phone. So it takes him a moment. And once he realises who Hendrickson is, he does look a little bit more worried than he did before, I think. 
there's a very subtle change of his like from like a cocky smile to like almost like a forced mm. like cocky smile but so this whole the interaction between the both of them just shows like how how opposite but the same these two characters are yes they have this very very much the same attitude of like wanting to help people and get the bad guys mm-hmm. but they don't realize well Hendrickson doesn't realize he's actually on the same side well yeah this is it I that you're right actually they are very similar in their kind of obsessive drive not so much in season two but it, it comes back later on that kind of like obsessive drive to help people but I feel like it's maybe not so much about helping people for Hendrickson at this point he just really does seem to have some kind of like personal vendetta out for Dean particularly maybe it's because he evaded him last time but you know, in some ways, he's a hunter too, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, Hendrickson gets Reed to list off the charges that Dean is facing. Read him the charges. We got mail fraud, credit card fraud, grave desecration. Skip to the good ones. Armed robbery, kidnapping, and uh, oh, three counts of first-degree murder. And after Milwaukee, your brother is now a suspect in a murder case himself. I say for you too. Screw to hell is a major understatement. So, like, it's fine. <laughs> yep, and nothing to worry about. You won't be sent to the electric chair or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he does say now that Sam is also a suspect, at, like, aiding and abetting, although they don't seem to think that Sam actually did any of this himself, just so he's kind of along for the ride, which is just... It's kind of hilarious to me because... They are as bad as each other. Like, well, I, I guess, like, it does seem that Dean is the corrupting force because he comes back and suddenly, like, he's taking part in all of this stuff. Yeah. And they must have some kind of idea about John because they have mentioned him before. So he must also have some suspicions around him. He does say to Dean here, like, they did a good job of disappearing after Night Shifter and that his dad taught him well. It's also almost like a dig. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he Hendrickson knows that that's Dean's kind of weak spot and kind of poking him in it. You also got to think back to Night Shifter. Hendrickson's not dumb. He's incredibly smart. Mm-hmm. So that, that first time that he poked in Night Shifter yeah. and got that reaction is probably what led him to like look more into John Winchester. I definitely... Yeah, he's got a weird little double act going on with Reed. Like, Dean's quite amused by it. I kind of like his face (laughs) in that. It's very cute. (laughs) Hendrickson is also quite suspicious that they got caught so easily because he was like, you know, this isn't like you. You tripped an alarm. Like, you managed to evade me for months and suddenly, (laughs) like, you were wearing gloves almost. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, this is out of character. Mm. But before he can really kind of get into, like, his monologuing, Mm -hmm. their lawyer shows up. Mara Daniels and basically shuts down the interrogation Mm -hmm. there's a couple of things that we find out here that they're wanted in five states like they're all asking for them to be extradited to a different state um, and that they're being sent to the county prison but it's only going to be a very short amount of time before they get sent somewhere else um, I guess for the murders and it's, it's kind of a weird the conversation is kind of bizarre because they're like oh is there a way to stall mm-hmm. us being extradited? They they don't want to they don't want to move. They they are concerned about getting into this prison. 
So then they're they're on the prison bus being transported to the detention centre. Sam's never going to be a lawyer now. Like, he's got an arrest record. At least I think that's how it works. I'm pretty sure you you can't be a lawyer, a criminal lawyer anyway, if you've got a a criminal background. But, I mean, maybe not. Maybe not. Who knows? Did you notice that um, when Dean got arrested, he wasn't wearing any of his stuff that might get taken off him? So, like, his, uh, the Samulet is gone, and so all, all his rings. Huh. Because I guess he never thought that he was going to get those back, so. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. That's really interesting, because I didn't clock it, I guess, because I was wondering why Dean looks so much like regular Dean, and <laughs> in, like, later seasons Dean, yeah, and it's because he, he doesn't have any of it. Mm-hmm. It's totally true. There's, there's some bits in this where he's talking in the camera angle, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this could be 10 years from now. Yeah. Like, honestly. Definitely. <laughs> Dean almost looks excited, right? Uh, yeah. And Sam is very scared. <laughs> mm. I I wrote, I don't think this is Dean's first time in prison, first of all. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I feel like that is confirmed later on. Somebody knows. And I'm pretty sure it is. So this isn't such an unknown situation for him as it is for Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, and also... Dean seems to have a lot in faith in what they're doing here. Whereas Sam seems like, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> yeah. Like, of all the plans, this is the worst. <laughs> yeah. So they're being shown to their cells. They're, they're now in their jumpsuit. Dean's cellmate has, like, the longest hair. Yeah. It's actually ridiculous. <laughs> and then Sam's, like, he sort of nods to him. Then the guy stands up and he is huge Mm -hmm. like that guy must be seven feet tall he has to be (laughs) he was massive i was like oh god (laughs) it's just as they close because they're opposite each other sam and dean like as they close the door like sam's look at dean like i can't believe you got me into this like i hate you honestly it's just so funny So, you know, it's really funny that you said that you think Dean's been arrested before, because this is verbatim what I just wrote. Sam looks visibly scared, and because essentially he's a very good person. So the idea of prison is terrifying, whereas Dean, he has probably been arrested from drunken shenanigans. <laughs> right? Mm, yeah. I, I, yeah. Mm, why Dean got arrested? I imagine that it was mostly for petty theft. I don't know, generally just... I mean, most of the times I think that Dean was ever in trouble with the police or arrested is A, because he was doing something for John that was super shady for a hunt, or B, stealing stuff for Sam because John hadn't got it for him. Yep, that's exactly where I was going. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. More than likely. More than likely. Yeah. I, I think Dean in this episode is... Okay. He does seem very ex- sort of like, yeah, you're right, kind of almost excited to do this hunt. Um, because it's kind of different I guess and he kind of has faith in it working out I also do feel that a lot of this is putting on a little bit of a front for Sam because Sam is so nervous about the situation that like Dean's like it's okay everything's really funny and chill so everything's Mm -hmm. gonna be fine (laughs) yeah yeah definitely I think I agree with you on that one because Dean is very confident about like this whole thing Mm -hmm. exactly so it shows them in line Um, waiting I think for lunch or something and they're talking about their cellmates comparing cellmates and um, 
Sam says this absolutely great line. This is without a doubt the dumbest, craziest thing we've ever done. And that's in a long story career of dumb and crazy. Calm down. I love it. Oh, if only you know. If only you know. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah, yeah. You don't know, Sam, the crazy, dumb stuff that you will do. <laughs> oh, no. Actually, actually, actually I think in ter- this, this probably is the craziest dumb thing they've ever done. Because everything after this is like, is on a supernatural level. This is a human level. That's true, actually. Like, I'm trying to think. There's there's another situation like this that they get themselves into actually twice, I think, more. So it's on par. But yeah, you're right. This was kind of the stupidest thing they've ever gotten themselves into. I'm going to regret saying that. I'm sure there's something else. <laughs> like, <laughs> please, please let us know what you think their dumbest thing that they've ever done is. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I really actually want to read those. Like, please, please. <laughs> because I'm, I've, I feel like we've said this before, but I don't know what it was about. But this, this definitely feels like it. This, this is it. <laughs> Does this belong on the top? We definitely started a top ten list, like in in our brains, and I, I don't think this made it on that list at that time. So, yeah. So Dean's saying basically, like, calm down, Sam. This is all part of the plan, and. I guess if you're watching the episode for the first time, this is kind of the reveal, I guess, that they're in there for a reason other than just being arrested because they got caught. I think yeah. it kind of does sort of hint at that before this, but it's kind of confirming it. And Dean says they're here to hunt a ghost. <laughs> yeah, we're going to hunt a ghost and then get teardrop tattoos and leave. Like, okay, yeah. um, <laughs> He says that his escape plan is a 100% sure thing. All of this seems to be Dean's idea and Sam's has gone along with it for because he trusts him. This takes a lot of trust that this is going to work out because they're only at a county yes. jail now. If they had got moved on quite quickly, like they could have been separated super easily. It, it, this could have escalated super fast. Yes, definitely. And so I was, I was thinking about this and I was like, this seems like a, a really weird turn to take for this for the series to be like let's throw them in jail but like i guess this was a vehicle for the b plot this is what this episode was Mm -hmm. and i'm not mad at it because i kind of while this episode's okay it's still kind of there's some fun parts to it Mm -hmm. which i feel like we've actually just sort of gone past all the fun parts but anyway (laughs) um, (laughs) this whole plan is really dumb it really is because Mm -hmm. they they already know that they're in trouble yeah and that they've been laying low. Mm-hmm. And then they did this for, like, a set. at the moment, no reason. We find out what the reason is. But, like, at the moment, we don't know the reason why they would even take this case. Well, they they do kind of, they do say it while they're sitting in line here. Um, that they're doing this for a guy called Deacon. Um, mm-hmm. Who was their dad's friend. They said they were, he's in the core with John. But even Sam says, like, you barely know him. So Sam doesn't know this guy at all. Dean barely knows him. Um, and like, yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting. I, I, I really enjoyed this conversation that I have in line here, actually, because like, yes, this was, first of all, we find out, yes, this was Dean's idea. They're doing it as a favor to one of their dad's friends, who I presume is a hunter because ghosts. And also Sam is kind of not on board, but has gone along with it because he even kind of hints here that like, why are we helping these people, their inmates? 
And Dean mm-hmm. is very defensive of them and is like, you know, just because they're in prison doesn't mean they deserve to die. Again, making me think that Dean is vibing with the people in here, like he fully understands mm-hmm. them. You know, if he's been to prison before, he's obviously t- talked to people, realised they're just people. And it's weird that he has more empathy than Sam. You think that, you know, Sam was trying to be a lawyer. Like, what? What? what what's this view, Sam? <laughs> yeah. And I do wonder if this is... Because so far we've seen how Dean treats a ghost who should be dead, mm-hmm. like, and that he doesn't want to help, a trickster who he likes but still has to kill. Yeah. And a woman who was unfortunately turned into a monster and there was nothing they could do about it. Mm-hmm. So we've seen, like, a lot of Dean's perspective on how he sees, like, monsters. Yeah. And not people. Yeah. Necessarily. Whereas this one... We're seeing how Dean views people mm-hmm. and how Sam sees certain types of people. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really interesting, actually. Because you would think with the lifestyle that they have, like going from place to place, like not Dean necessarily hasn't always seen the best in people, you know? Mm-hmm. But then there must be some times, especially with like hunters, like you think about Bobby, where they have really been helped out with by people too. So, yeah, right. it's, it's interesting to see his kind of... Mm, this is where Dean is an optimist. I think he sees the best in people often, mm-hmm. um, which is maybe why The Benders was such a weird episode for him because he, it was like so turned that on its head and Definitely. kind of understanding that here. It, it's, it's an interesting one. I quite, I quite enjoy it because it's, it's usually is the other way around, right? Mm-hmm. Normally yeah. Sam is having to explain to Dean, no, we need to empathise with this like monster of the week or, or whatever so it's nice to see it the way around for a change mm-hmm. um i thought the line at the end of this scene was quite interesting where dean was saying that they are loyal and pay their debts and i'm like no you don't <laughs> not even close <laughs> paying your debts come on i mean maybe eventually not willingly So when when he was saying that like um they're doing this for like dad's friend John's friend and I was like thought you were over this Dean you know <sighs> you don't you don't have to do this for John anymore this is totally for John this whole episode he's almost like another ghost like he's mentioned a few times I don't know John lingers in this episode and I don't like it he does no no he's he's been gone for seventeen episodes let's yeah. keep him gone. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway, moving on. Um, so I guess they're, they are now in the dining hall, like they've just eaten, or they're eating. And Dean is adapting rather well. Like, he's he says he enjoys the chicken that <laughs> be, has been served. And they're sort of discussing the case and who they think it might be. Uh, they think it's a cellmate called Moody, I think mm-hmm. his name. Something like Moody. Sam's still very nervous. You sure it's him? Pretty sure. Dean. Considering our circumstances, I'm going to need a little bit better than pretty sure. Really pretty sure. <laughs> Love that. Sam is not impressed. Not mm-hmm. even a little bit. Moody had died in the cell that they had just reopened. And that's and it was sealed. It was sealed after his death. And then it was when it reopened, that's when all the haunting start happened. And he died of a heart attack. So, And all, all of the victims, there's been five of them, I believe. Yeah, four or five. Have all died of heart attacks. Yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, there's a pretty strong correlation that this is their ghost. Dean seems pretty mm-hmm. certain that it is. Um, again, being super supportive of Sam in his time of need of like, poor guy. Like, does he eat anything in this whole the whole time they're there? Because he really didn't enjoy that food. <laughs> <laughs> He's for for someone who has to be on the road all the time. He is quite a picky eater. Yeah. Right? He had those four years of being able to cook what he wanted and then he has to go back to like junk food and burgers and pie and ice cream and like constantly. I don't know how, I don't know how Dean does constantly feel like absolute crap. Like honestly, because, okay. Yeah, his diet is not good. It's not good. (laughs) So Dean suddenly says like, I'm done and like puts down his stuff and walks off. It was such a weird move. And then... (laughs) Sam follows him and bumps into this guy as he's walking past and it's very typical like prison drama um, yeah. Sam apologises but the guy kind of sort of fronts up to him and Dean comes up and is like well he said he was sorry so of course they start fighting oh there's a, there's a, lot, a whole lot of back and forth of you talking to me which is <laughs> talking to me are you talking to me create another go seen taxi driver one too many times yeah i'm talking to you i like i do every time i watched it i paused it just after he was made those like first taxi references and i was like the old taxi driver and i was like dean has to make a comment about it right he can't he won't he won't let that slide and then i continued the episode and of course he's like oh someone who's seen taxi driver one too many times <laughs> <laughs> of course he has to comment so you know dean kind of encourages him to let it go but they, they do start to fight. It's quite a good fight. I, I appreciate the choreography of this one. Dean's obviously trying not to hurt this guy. Like, he's, he's making a big point of it because he doesn't really punch him. He kind of slams him against the wall and then sort of, you know, gets him on the ground. He gives him time between it as well to be like, we can just stop fighting. <laughs> um, he's, he's sort of very deflective fighting, not like aggressive fighting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's kind of more defensive than uh, offensive. But of course, the guards step in um, as he kind of pushes this guy to the ground and they both get a stint in solitary. As they walk off the solitary, we see Sam and, and the guy's friend who Dean was fighting with is like this huge guy um, and he just kind of looks at Sam and like gives him the eye, like, I'm going to get you later. And Sam just looks resigned. Like, he doesn't even seem to care. <laughs> He's just like, fine. Yeah. You do know... He, he does He does have like throat slitting gesture as well yeah. with his thumb mm-hmm. I was like how cliche prison can you get <laughs> I I've, I think that's what it was with this episode it was very much like John Chaban and uh, Kripke they watched like a whole bunch of prison movies and was like okay let's put everything in this one episode yeah. without sort of making it a supernatural episode like I feel like they could have done more with it I'm not sure what they could have done but like it felt very on the nose as a prison episode I think you're right, actually. <laughs> Did you know or notice that the big guy who's threatening Sam um, is Cliff Kosterman, who for a long time was um, Jared and Jensen's bodyguard and driver? Yes. So he was he was the guy. He, he was the guy <laughs> that Jared was arguing with at the convention. Hey! He was there. <laughs> Full circle storytelling. I, we can do it. <laughs> there you go, all you circular story fans. <laughs> yes! I thought I rec- 
recognized. I was like, where have I seen this guy before? I've met him in real life. That's why. <laughs> of course, it makes total sense. That's yeah. So he plays a pretty big part in this episode, actually. Oh, this episode. Yep. The gift that keeps on giving, apparently. Apparently. Like, who knew that this episode was going to be turn out to be so good? <laughs> for our stories. Oh, yeah, only for our stories. So, okay. So Dean's in solitary. I just want to say, this whole bit in solitary was really nicely shot. And I don't know if this yes. the camera just loves Jensen sometimes, but this was really, really nicely shot. It's just the lighting, everything just looked great. He had... He had- a good freckle game going on. I wonder if he went out in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> the freckle game was on point. You are correct, actually. Uh, <laughs> just less makeup that day. Like, just stop covering freckles with makeup, people. Mm-hmm. She says. She does it herself. <laughs> um, so Dean's in solitary and he says that he's wished he had a baseball. And he's trying to make conversation with the guy he was fighting with. But it's not really going very well. The guy's still quite hostile towards him. Yeah. I he wants a baseball bat to yes. beat his head in. I was like, when he said that, I was like, nobody speaks like that. Nobody speaks like that. Not really. <laughs> so the lights flicker and there's a cold spot and Dean's like, oh crap. And suddenly, I just, again, I wrote here like, nice shots of Dean. Because they do like a really close up shot of him looking through like the peephole of the door really appreciate that because he's looking for the ghost he calls out to the other inmate and he's like just stay really still like he's trying to save him despite not not really being anything that he can do but unfortunately he hears the ghost attack this guy and you kind of see it he gets all like black sort of like veins up his Mm -hmm. it's very reminiscent of like leviathan later on i thought really reminded me of that Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm I thought it was kind of interesting what they did with the the ghost. They didn't show it. They only showed, mm. like, the eyes. I was like, I'm watching this at midnight, and he's got these creepy freaking eyes, like, looking at I'm like, why do I do this to myself? <laughs> <laughs> this actually, because they, they held off so long on showing the ghost, this was actually quite a scary episode. Like, when that guard <laughs> was walking down the corridor, they were doing a lot of, like, this is going to be a jump scare, this is going to be a jump scare, because they were often shooting him from behind. And normally mm-hmm. when they shoot someone from behind, then they turn around, you're like, a ghost! Um, yeah, But exactly. they didn't do it, and it was just like, it kept you waiting for, like, when's the jump scare? I feel like... I feel like John Shaban is able to write tension quite well. The action sequences, mm-hmm. I, I, obviously it helps with the director as well. Yeah. And like one at the very end of the episode too, all of the like heavy action based stuff mm-hmm. is really tension filled. And like, I think that's what, what was getting to me. <laughs> yeah, it was actually a very, yeah, very tension filled episode actually. And it felt it all the way through and, I guess it almost plays into the storyline as well with as well with them potentially being stuck in prison. Like, are they going to get out by the end of this? And mm-hmm. it, it runs through the whole episode. Hmm, that's the it theme. De- yeah, <laughs> it, I mean, it has that. It definitely has that. Like, we're on the clock feel on top mm. of like we have to save people feel. Yeah, which is very different to what they like. Yeah, they're usually in a rush to save a case because they want to save people, mm-hmm. but they also have to save themselves. Yeah, they don't always have to do not um, often no actually so as we kind of see this guy get attacked by this ghost it cuts back to hendrickson and he's talking to daniels the lawyer 
um, for Sam and Dean. And she is kind of bringing this up that there are some very weird things going on with this case because she's talked to a few people and says like the cop in Baltimore swears that they saved her life and also helped to catch a killer. Like the witnesses at the robbery say the same thing, you know, that they saved you know, this girl, that they saved her life. And mm-hmm. Hendrickson is very, very dismissive of this. Rude, actually. Um, yes. And this this conversation may be uncomfortable. It's very, it had a lot of sexist overtones mm. in it. They just don't seem cut and dry guilty to me. I think there's more to this. Like what? I don't know. Can't put my finger on it. It's just strange. Strange. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Grown-ups are trying to get some work done here, so if you don't mind. It was kind of like she was she was very much being dismissed in a in a way that she shouldn't have been. Like lawyers and like defense lawyers and police can disagree, but I don't think they ever get this kind of hostile about it. And I know I guess it's showing like Hendrickson's obsession with them. Yeah. And his like inability to sort of get past anything that you know get past the fact that these guys are killers. Yeah. This is weird to me because I think we've been presented Hendrickson as quite an obsessive character who's obviously going after them. So why is he actually not more interested in all the weird inconsistencies with their case? Because you would mm-hmm. think he would want to know, like, why are these guys desecrating graves at the same time as doing armed robbery? Like, it doesn't actually make a lot of sense. And the witness accounts, he says they're not reliable, but, like, there must be more of them even than this. Or, like, possible sightings of Sam and Dean, like, cases that they've done and people that they've talked to who have seen them are not always going to tell the same story of, like, they broke into my house and, like, salt and burned my wife. They're going to be like, right? yeah, this well, guy saved us. You know, you, this whole thing started with skins, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially. They must have spoken to Sam's friend, yeah, the, the girl in that episode, who was attacked by a shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. That should have tipped you off right then and there, like, something was up. But it's tough, though, isn't it? Because, like... Yeah. What would you tell the police? Well, I was attacked by something. What did it look like? What would it look like, Dean? Yeah, I, I guess it's difficult to, to corroborate these stories when the supernatural stuff is involved. But yeah, I, I was just surprised that he was so dismissive of her. It makes sense of this bit of the story, but also like maybe he is kind of secretly looking into this and doesn't want to be seen as like a kook, just in my own headcanon, like, like a molder. Like, you don't want to be right. put in the basement with the X-Files. <laughs> Better shut up about ghosts. <laughs> well, he it's, there's also, like, a little bit of a hint as to his, like, thought process. Because mm-hmm. he says, wherever they go, somebody dies. This is true. <laughs> 100% true. But they usually, like, they go after somebody has died, too. Yeah. But it depends how close the events are. Like, it's really difficult to line right. up. Yeah. I get why Hendrickson is obsessed with them. Like, it does seem like a real weird case of, like, grow up in a paramilitary household and then they've gone kind of, like, off the rails and started murdering people. But Mm -hmm. there's too much for him to ignore. So, after that conversation, we've cut back to Sam and he's mopping a bathroom with Randall and he's using it as an opportunity to get to know him and to ask some questions. So, 
he kind of asks him about like how long he's been there all these kind of things that will come up and then was he there the night the guard died because he'd heard that he was randall kind of confirms that and says like you know he didn't well he doesn't he doesn't really say too much about what happens he's kind of reluctant to sort of give him any sort of concrete details yeah um other than the fact that he hurt him like screaming and stuff mm-hmm. you know it, it was something that randall said like he called him like a young boy or a young man or something like that yeah and it sort of clicked with me that like yeah sam at this point maybe 23 24 i know it's so hard not to just see him as like a 40 year old like (laughs) right like see him at the end of the the series Mm -hmm. and he's like in his late 30s and i'm like of course he's terrified he's a baby in prison yeah (laughs) (laughs) he asks sam here like what he did to land himself in prison because i got an idiot for a brother that'll do it yeah so yeah Sam is blaming Dean for his current predicament, even if he's doing it, like, colloquially and not actually (laughs) saying what's going on. (laughs) Which, fine. Fine. He manages to get some more information out of Randall. He talks about the old cell block um, being reopened. Also, Randall was there the night that this guy, Moody, died. And this wasn't of a heart attack. He says that the guards actually killed him. So it kind of makes sense for a vengeful spirit. Mm-hmm. as well and sam kind of has an idea and asks him how much blood there was in the cell which like super weird question sam but fine well so it's not that weird because randall does say that he was the person who mopped it up mm. yeah it's not too too weird I, I guess it's like well how much work did you have to do randall to clean up this bloody cell okay fine sam um <laughs> So, like, he was always going to go look. He didn't need to ask. He can be prepared for what he needs to do because he probably won't have another chance to get to this area. Mm. So you have more information going in. Mm -hmm. So Sam goes back out to the prison yard and Dean is hustling another prisoner for, like, in some sort of card game. I don't know what kind of card game. I'm going to guess poker, some form of poker. Mm -hmm. And he wins because this is Dean, he's been doing this since he was like 10, let's be real yeah, they've got they've got two, they had two cards each is that Texas Hold'em? I don't know enough about poker Sam has a little bit of a, has little control issues because he has a plan now and he's clearly a lot more confident but when Dean had a plan, he was like questioning it yeah, I, I can relate <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not difficult to understand why because they are in such a dangerous predicament and like they they had an entrance plan and an exit plan but like kind of nothing else. I mean, yeah, also you have to think about situations where you've been in dumb situations with friends and it's someone else's idea and you're like, I definitely shouldn't be doing this but I'm doing it anyway. But then when yeah. the dumb idea is your idea, it's the best idea ever. <laughs> That's you know what? You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> okay, yeah. So Sam is basically saying that there's a load of blood in this cell. So now we can salt and burn. We have something to salt and burn. We can do it. There's remains. So they're going to go do that somehow. He's wondering how they're going to salt and burn. 
they should have definitely thought of this before they went into the prison. How are you going to salt and burn whatever you find there? Because I feel they could have prepared, but then I don't want to think about how they would have prepared for that. So let's not... <laughs> well, so, but the thing is, this entire case could have been solved outside of the prison. I was, yeah, I was, yeah, I was going to say that later on, but like, yeah, you're Me totally too. right. Like this, there was actually no need for them to be here at all. Like at all. No. This this is dumb. <laughs> this was so I, d- I, I wonder if this is more like Dean wanted something to do. I mean he was asked he was asked to do it. I guess this was yeah. some this was someone else's idea that he took on as his own idea that he then told to Sam. There's a very long chain of dumb going on here. Um, I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. And since Dean has just managed to get like this giant pile of cigarettes, which mm-hmm. is like currency. Uh, he's able to get what he needs, and I think it's kind of funny that there's they they're back in the food hall, and they have sort of a reverse conversation that they just had. You sure about this? Are you sure? Yeah. Well, considering the circumstances, I'd like a little better than pretty sure. Okay, really pretty sure. And he decides to go after Tiny. They call him Tiny. Oh yeah. Dean's really mean to this guy. Like, he sits down opposite him and full-on just, like, lets him have it. Trying to, uh, like, get him to fight him. Of course, he manages to rile up Tiny and he punches Dean quite hard in the face. There's And then manages to grab him in, like, a chokehold from behind, essentially. The guards take a little bit to come in and um, kind of break them up. Dean gets thrown on the floor a guard helps him up and then another guard comes over who's like an older guy and kind of um there's a lot of there's a lot of face grabbing in this episode there is this there's a lot of how do i say this homoeroticism there's a little bit there's a little under like there's a little undercurrent there like in the first fight this same guard kind of puts his baton under dean's chin and like lifts his face up with that which is a little suggestive and then Yes. In this scene, the same guard kind of grabs him by his cheeks and like squishes his face in <laughs> before punching him in the stomach and sending him on his way. So all of this was a distraction so Sam could get into the kitchen and do his spidey thing. Back to Spidey Sam. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I'm, I'm not letting this go. No. I'm not letting this go. He is Spider Sam forever. Um <laughs> Because he, ma- he manages to get into a duct and uh, get to the, the cell. Which, how? Air ducts are not easy to navigate. Like, how does he know exactly where to go? Did hey. they look at the prison layout beforehand? Possibly. But also, we very much established that Sam has an excellent sense of direction. This is true. <laughs> this is true. He he knows exactly where he... His spidey senses. It's spidey his senses. spidey senses, yeah. Spiders always know where to go to be the most creepy and horrible. Exactly. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> so he makes it to the cell and the, there's still blood on the mattress, which I think is hilarious. That it's like, there was so much blood in this cell that like it, it took a lot of time to mop up, but mm-hmm. then there's just only one puddle on the mattress that's on the floor like surely that would have sort of and why was the mattress that was full of blood just left there like when they've taken that out yeah people are disgusting i don't know i don't know they they, i guess they 
welded it shut for evidence because the guards killed that guy so they were covering it up i don't know i make excuses for the show here but like it is dumb i would say sam's face as he uncovers that blood he does an expression on his face and it's like he seems sad he's like he does a little like oh like i yeah well i mean he probably is sad because he also you know during the conversation with randall he's like well did anyone report Mm. the the beating and the guy's like what, what are you talking about i like so sam sam's very innocent in that in that he's like oh they didn't even try to help this person they just beat him and left him for dead this is totally true actually i guess it's kind of confirming randall's story and obviously the official story of him having a heart attack is not true so it was a cover-up that's a good face to make sam i appreciate the nuance that was there <laughs> in the expression. <laughs> I mean, especially for someone who wants to become a lawyer. Like again, he never says what kind of lawyer he wanted to be. Mm. It's kind of a very big umbrella. In my head can he wanted to be a defense lawyer. Yeah. Uh, for hunters. Because that makes sense. <laughs> um so yeah, he would he would feel sympathy. I mean, uh, obviously earlier in the the episode he didn't really feel sympathy for anybody that was in this prison yeah this is where our head cannons differ because i always thought that sam would want to go into really like boring like finance law or something i don't know why yeah Yeah. some kind of corporate law yeah (laughs) i don't know why i always think that it's just i I just imagine him with a briefcase and i know everyone can carry briefcases they want but it's just corporate lawyers makes me think of briefcases i mean yeah i'd Honestly, don't. So the reason why that's my headcanon is because he gets back into the life so quickly. So I don't mm. think he ever really wanted to leave it. Uh, see, and mine's opposite. Is I think he wanted something like corporate laws to get as far away from hunting as physically possible. So we go back to the infirmary. And Dean and Tiny are in like separate cells. And Dean is apologising for the things that he said, which I thought was a really, really sweet moment. Like, I really liked this. He's like... Mm-hmm. I was just trying to get you to fight me for reasons. Like, I'm really sorry for the things that I said. Hey, Tiny. Yeah. Hey, sorry about the things I was saying earlier. I can't really tell you why, but I had to get you angry. So, uh, anyway, sorry. It's okay. Truth is, I have low self-esteem issues. My old man treated me and my brother like crap. Right up till the day he died. How'd he die? My brother shot him. Okay. Again, showing that he really sees the people in this um, jail as, like, people rather than inmates. There's a really deep level of empathy that Dean seems to feel for the people here. I don't know. It made me feel a lot of feelings. So, obviously, like, Tiny replies, like, it's okay. Um, The truth is I do have a self-esteem issues. My old man treated me and my brother like crap. And I just put, right, right, okay. <laughs> I mean, I, this is the other, like, subtle John reference, I, I feel. Yes, I felt this. And, and he, he explains that the only way that they got away from him is when his brother shot him. And I was like, oh, yeah. When Yellow Eyes had possessed John. Mm-hmm. And he was, John was begging Sam to shoot him. And he didn't. No, he said he did shoot him. Well, he did, but not, like, kill him. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, oh! I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, there's a lot of things... This this conversation, 
I feel like there should have been more Dean face in this because he's he says that they treat he treated them like crap right up to the day he died, John. And like I Dean's reaction to Tiny saying that like his brother shot his dad was just like, okay then. Like it was so far out of the realm of possibility, like that Dean had ever considered that someone could do that. And it's like yeah, <laughs> your, your life ex- experience, Dean. Like, anyway, fortunately, before they can continue their um, daddy issues talk and parallels and parallels, is Dean tiny in this? Um, a ghost appears, and it's a woman. It's it's not. We were expecting a man. Moody was supposed to be a man, but this this ghost is a lady. So Dean grabs the salt from his dinner tray, which is convenient, and. <laughs> Gets thrown around a little bit by this ghost uh, before it grabs his heart. And it, I, I, I have big feelings about this, but um, he manages to salt the ghost and it disappears. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you, Annabelle. Yes, Amy. Why? Do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll speed up a little bit of a question. Why, when Dean dies or is, is gonna die or is, is getting you know in trouble why 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 waste the heart <laughs> oh i don't know that's a good question that's a very good question it's just <sighs> you know i wonder if it's like because it's funny you just say that because a, a bon jovi song just came to mind <laughs> and that, that that was how i was gonna try and lighten the mood just be like oh it's because he's into heavy metal and it's like heart related yeah but it's really not that it's probably just like let's let's be real dean is actually a very emotional character yeah and where's yeah. where are your emotions they're mm-hmm. in your heart mm-hmm. supposedly like you know so maybe it's that are they trying to take i i don't know it's just it's it happens too often for it to be a coincidence and i know kind of like getting stabbed in the heart or getting shot through the heart is um a trope and a cliche but specifically to this character it happens way too much and maybe you're right maybe they're trying to kill his emotions because maybe Dean was never supposed to be emotional he's our manly man like American <laughs> cowboy trope ha like <laughs> um, tell us how you really feel <laughs> so maybe this was it maybe it's like a kind of symbolic killing the heart of the show I've I've said I think I've said those words before um it, that's what it feels like. It, and I know this is just, it, it fits into the story and this all makes sense of why the ghost is attacking his heart in this story. But next time it happens, I'm going to say it again and then you're going to hear this rant about 10 to 15 times because I swear it happens too much in the show. What, what she was doing to his heart, mm-hmm. can you imagine him trying to do that to the brain and like him not dying straight away? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you're right. Also, it could just be, oh, God, Amy, why are you doing this to yourself? Okay, <laughs> I'm probably going to cut half of this down because it's way too long. I'll leave this as my final final thought on this. So Dean said in a previous episode that, because he was talking about John, 
and talking about how going down fighting was going to be his legacy, right? Mm-hmm. John ended up dying of a heart attack. And I wonder if this is just another mirror that they're trying to place for him to be like John, that this is the way that Dean goes out, right? By having his heart damaged in some way. So what I'm saying is... <laughs> they never let go that they, John, that Dean is John. They never let Not it go. You. They never let it go. <laughs> That's my one and my one of the episode, and it's headed right at you. You can't do this to me. I'm the one who does it to you. (laughs) Yeah, that's it, isn't it? That's it. That's that's the one. That's that's the reason. Oh my god, that's horrible. I hate it, but it's probably true. Yeah. Well, okay. I didn't expect this to turn into... I, I haven't had a finale run in like a really, really long time. And I didn't expect it would be this episode, but I guess fine. Uh, well, I mean, like like you said, there's the ghost of John in like this entire episode. So it kind of makes sense that it would come up. That's true. Ooh, I'm so angry. I'm so angry at this show. I'm so angry at it. I have many yes. questions from many people. If anybody knows anybody from the show that I can have a rant at about this, not an angry rant, it would just be like this. Like, yeah. (laughs) I love how you like, your tone went really angry and then like drops. (laughs) Like you're imagining it and you're like, no, I wouldn't do this at all. (laughs) I'm not an angry person. I'm really not. Um, Yeah. Okay, all right, okay, ran over. Let's get back to the episode. Where were we? Where were we? So, yes. So, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. He salted her and she's disappeared. But then she attacks Tiny and he's yeah. not so fortunate. And, um, like, I wonder why they did it this way. Maybe they were running out of money for, like, special effects because, like, he's just sort of a shadow and, like, held up against the side and then, like, that's it. Yeah, you're totally right. So it's the next day and Dean tells Sam that it didn't work. It's actually a woman. Mm -hmm. And Sam's like, well, there's not really much we can do because um, I've already contacted Deacon and Mm -hmm. we're getting out today in like five hours. Yeah. Um, So they have to do some research real quick. And in order to do research, they go to the old timer, Randall, um, who is basically bribed with cigarettes to like tell them who the nurse was um and her name's nurse glockner yeah um and she was she shouldn't have been a healthcare professional let's just put it that way <laughs> do they call them angels of death i think that's right that's yeah. a serial killer term right but um well yeah and I, I, they're usually associated with like people who are dying and or like in hospital rather than yeah. like in prison uh, but i'm sure it could be anywhere so yeah, they're basically saying that she was a vigilante. She was killing people that she thought were bad people by, yeah. I guess, giving them bad meds and and causing heart attacks, which make, which tracks with the ghost. Um, and Dean kind of says like, "Oh yeah, so of course it was target. You know, it was going to target me." And I was mm-hmm. thinking like, I guess for fighting, I couldn't think what else Dean had done wrong. Well, so being mean to Tiny. <laughs> You know, it is kind of interesting that so in that first fight, he does he's he's not injured, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't have any kind of markings, and the ghost goes directly to Lucas, yeah, which is the the guy 
that got killed in the first one in the mm-hmm. first uh, section, and then in this next one, he's he is actually injured and yeah. he has been fighting. So maybe it's like she targets certain criminals. Yeah, it the the rules for this do seem a little weird because they say that the guard she killed was not a good guy. To be honest, I think it's kind of like maybe reading a little bit too much into this one, like. Dean was in trouble because he'd been sent to the infirmary. Like I, I don't think I don't necessarily think it's that it's that it's that deep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's interesting about this is that Dean is very keen to stay on, even if they don't solve this within the five hours that they have allotted left. Like he's like, I'll mm-hmm. stay here. You can go, Sam. Like I'm going to sort this all out. Like I want to save these people. Whereas Sam's like, No, we really need to go. Like he's being a realist. It's interesting how quick Dean is to like again sacrifice his freedom for saving people he doesn't even really know. In this same conversation, it was really interesting what Sam said to Dean. <laughs> Dean, does it bother you at all how easily you seem to fit in here? No, not really. Which mm-hmm. is true. Like, he's talking to people in the yard, he's hustling people for cigarettes, like, he seems to be getting information and just, you know, sorting and things out. And he understands, out. like, the sort of prison lingo, as mm-hmm. it were, as well. Because he's upset that um, he has to give up his cigarettes. Yeah, which is really <laughs> surprising. Like, like, Dean, what are you going to do with those? You don't smoke, or do you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and, you know, they, they kind of continue this argument of, like, needing to get out of, out of there. And Sam makes the case of, like, well, we don't owe Deacon anything. Like, mm-hmm. he, we have such a loose connection to him like it it doesn't we we shouldn't risk our lives for someone we don't know yeah exactly it sort of cuts to another scene and dean's now in like the visitation Mm -hmm. and he's talking with his lawyer like over the phone Mm -hmm. thing like with the glass he he doesn't want to talk about their case he wants her to um find out about nurse glockner like so, so this is where I feel like John was too short-sighted with... Because th- there are sort of lifers for hunting. Mm-hmm. And John became a lifer. Like, that was all he was ever going to do. Yeah. Dean is a lifer. Like, th- that mm-hmm. was all he was ever going to do, especially growing up. Mm-hmm. And that was because of John, like, telling him that this is the only way you can live because you have to save people. Yeah. But... If there were hunter lawyers, yeah, and who had other professions outside of hunting, mm-hmm. having this request, like they would have someone that they could call and be like, "Hey, I'm in trouble," and they would know how to help them rather than like just have anybody and like have this conversation and seem crazy. <laughs> well, yeah, this is it. Like, there's the network doesn't really function. Like, there is kind of net- a network going on, but they don't seem to help each other out in this way where you think it would actually be useful. And that's maybe what Sam could have done, but that's a whole nother rant. Yeah, I think it could have been super helpful. Because I appreciate this lawyer. She she kind of is... She's very taken in by Dean, though, I would say. <laughs> yes. Well, so, I mean, she she already has doubts. So, you know, having this conversation where, like, showing no concern for yourself but and then asking about something so bizarre as to like where is somebody buried well she already knows that there's charges against him for desecration of a grave yeah so that 
there must be a reason for it. Mm-hmm. I think it's strange that like he doesn't even try to explain because he's done it before where he's explained what you have to do to get rid of a ghost. Yeah, I can see why he doesn't in this case because he's already in prison and like this woman kind of seems to be on his side a little bit so he doesn't necessarily want to alienate her by suddenly talking about ghosts. Yeah, I mean, she seems pretty like ready to help him out. I thought the line she says here... Henriksen says you're a monster. I'm a monster. Uh. (laughs) Well, he's wrong, okay? I'm not what they say I am. Everybody says that. Yeah. And Dean looks really affronted, like, I'm a monster. But he says, like, I'm not what they say. I am. And then he says, like, look at me. Am I guilty? We're not the bad guys. And he does seem really sincere. And and she does seem to believe him. Which, then again, if you have someone like Dean looking at you and says, look (laughs) at me, do I look guilty? He's never done anything wrong in his whole life, so no. (laughs) (laughs) So it seems like he's managed to convince her, or at least hints that he has. And so we go back and we see Dean and Sam together again. They're out in the prison yard. Again, they're having this conversation. Dean wants to stay. Sam wants to stick to the plan. And they kind of, like, get a little pushy with it. (laughs) Um, And start, like, yeah, pushing each other like children. So this is where I realised they could finish this case outside of the prison. Yeah. Like, how we were saying earlier that, like, they didn't actually have to be here for any of it. They have Deacon, Mm -hmm. who's someone, someone in the prison. We don't know who he is. But he's clearly has Paul because they they contacted him to get them out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, and he was the one who contacted them saying that, like, they he wants the thing gone. Mm-hmm. So could they not have said, like, hey, go into the thing and burn, salt and burn the thing? You're kind of, you already know. Well, this is it. That. Because they get taken somewhere quiet and they find out that the guard who's been hassling Dean and, and kind of being weirdly strange with his face is actually Deacon so there's no reason why he could have done all the investigation that they've just done here I really actually don't understand why they were in the prison in the first place surely they could have just been consultants on this exactly this this was definitely um I mean maybe Deacon didn't want to like get in trouble for like damaging property or something well, Sam managed to start a fire in a prison and no one noticed. So, I mean, no, there was this no mention true. of him starting that fire or getting in trouble for it or anyone even knowing that he started the fire. Wouldn't they have, like, an incinerator on site, too, for something? like? I mean, maybe. Not everywhere has, like, something like that. But, like, also, he definitely should have got in trouble for starting that fire. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like, there must have been smoke alarms or something. And also, how did he ever find his way back? Did he go back through the vent and then back through the kitchen? Because that fight didn't take that long. So how did he get back to where he was? Potholes everywhere. You know, he he might be able to, like, get out into the prison yard somehow and, like, kind of unnoticed. I mean, maybe, but there's a lot of doors that are locked in between him and there, I feel. I don't... It doesn't seem very open from... Anyway. Anyway. Maybe he took a different vent and, like, dropped from the ceiling, like a... (laughs) Yeah, like a neighborhood spider-man um mm-hmm. so <laughs> deacon reveals himself and says to dean like ah i thought i was going easy on you obviously referring to the earlier punches that he 
he uh, landed on him. Again, Sam's kind of arguing, like, you know, Dean's saying this isn't over. They have this conversation several times. Which is why we should stick around until we find it. Oh, hey, guys. You want to have this fight for real, Dean? We got to go. We got to go now. Guys, we're leaving, Dean. Otherwise, we'll be leaving in shackles from Milwaukee with Hendricks and his company. Come on. Guys. What? And Deacon shows them a, a letter that the lawyer left with them, which has the information that they needed of where this nurse is buried. It, yeah, it turns out that Glocker died um, in the prison um, because she was killed by inmates, but they do have the location of her grave. And so Deacon leads them to like another air vent, <laughs> <laughs> thanks them, says to them, Your daddy raised you right. No, he didn't. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. What John did was raise them to be loyal. That's not necessarily to be right. Because they just got themselves in a lot of trouble yeah. for no reason, as we've just established. Mm-hmm. It was really no reason. And it made me wonder, actually, what what do they owe Deacon? Like, do you think, and as well, do you think this is their debt to Deacon? Or is this John's debt to Deacon that they're paying back? I reckon Deacon did a favour for John that he's calling in. I don't think he helped them out. Because Sam doesn't yeah, know him. So. So maybe this guy wasn't a hunter then. I always thought on this episode that he was a hunter, but they said that he was in the Corps with John. So maybe he wasn't. I guess he knew to contact John if there was a ghost. It's a weird relationship. So I I do wonder, maybe, maybe he was around a little bit after Mary had died. Because, mm. you know, like, when, you know, they they were buddies probably for life, right? Yeah. Because we said this before, that the best people to get on board with his hunting would have been his, like, marine buddies. So maybe he actually did, he did do that a little bit. Yeah, like, may- maybe he, because he obviously has prison contacts, and so maybe there was, like, some stuff that he, like, he could, could get. I don't know. It's, this is, uh, you know, another one of those, like, passing characters that we learn nothing else about. <laughs> I know. We never see Deacon again, right? So, yeah. No, as they leave, Dean says to him, where do you want it? And squarely punches him in the face because obviously it needs to look like they overpowered him to escape. And then they find Baby. The first time we see her in this episode. <laughs> Why? This car is not... Give him a Toyota. <laughs> Something they can blend in with. And like, then they can go find Baby after the fact. <laughs> it's like parked outside the prison as well. I guess Deacon brought the car there. That makes total sense. But mm. still, like... Dean's saying, like, I wish I could see Hendrickson's face right now as well. It's clearly establishing in this episode because he was introduced in Night Shifter as an antagonist. But this episode really cements Hendrickson as Dean's antagonist for this season. (laughs) Yes, definitely. I guess Sam has yellow eyes, kind of. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Dean has a human. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And like Sam is kind of wary of Hendrickson, but more for Dean's sake than his own. So it's definitely Dean's nemesis and not Sam's. I, I do like the fact that like Sam says, we're not out of the woods yet. And then siren starts to go off. And so then we're back with Hendrickson and he's interviewing uh, Deacon. And he's being kind of aggressive at, about it again, because mm-hmm. it's another connection. And he's sort of, you know, wanting to find out exactly what they did that day start to finish like everything and like who he spoke to deacon tells him the you know they woke up had breakfast blah 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 blah. and then he says that dean spoke to the lawyer Mm -hmm. so then we're back with 
Hendrickson interviewing the lawyer and she's trying to, you know, play it or tell them that it's a private conversation. I can't tell you about it. And then it it cuts to Sam and Dean and they're approaching like a graveyard. We've got to move it. If Hendrickson gets to the lawyer. I thought she couldn't say anything. You know, that whole lawyer-client privilege thing. <sighs> the privilege doesn't apply, Dean. Social talk? She has to. Oh, that's freaking super. It, it, it kind of cuts between them and we see the lawyer telling Hendrickson something. So obviously she gets pressured into it essentially because it does take a lot of doing on his part. A lot of threatening her actually with like legal action saying like, mm-hmm. well, you help them out, you help them escape kind of thing. We can, you know, we'll try and pin that on you for her to get um, for her to hand over that information. And they do this next bit. Like I really appreciated it because you kind of see the police getting ready to go get Sam and Dean and you see them digging up a grave and it's all very tense again. Again, tension is the theme of this episode. As they're kind of pulling up to a graveyard, we see them, you know, hit pay dirt and uh, find this body um, and they do the salt and burn. Um, Really nice shots in this. There's a really nice shot of Sam like looking up from the grave and saying that he found it. I thought that was really Mm. nice. Um, There's good shots of them like lighting the like, matches or the lighter or whatever they always light that really really well again mm-hmm. orange being the only color in this episode in jumpsuits or in fire but still yeah while they're salting and burning because you can't have a salt and burn without some kind of like person in trouble right that's just not supernatural exactly um so we see the ghost is going after deacon his bad thing was that he let them escape that kind of makes sense also but of course, it's a just-in-time salt and burn. They managed to, to burn the ghost before it kills Beacon. And they're kind of just watching it burn. Again, well casually. They know the police is, uh, are after them. And they're still just stood there like, yeah, we found a fire. So I do have, like, I do wonder about this. Because how how long do they have to wait for this to, like, do they have to wait for the bones to burn completely? Or is it only to a certain point? Because as the reason why they keep getting caught, but yet they're so good at covering their tracks, is because they they're desecrating graves, setting them on fire, uh-huh. and just walking away and like leaving it open. Because I know they're using accelerant, but like bodies don't burn that quick, right? So yes, and it's proved in this episode because okay, I'll finish up the episode and we'll talk about that. Okay. So because we see Sam and Dean watching the body burn and then obviously the the cops turn up and they're in the wrong place. The lawyer lied um, and it shows the two different cemeteries that they're at. I think the cops are at Mountainside and the like Sam and Dean are at Greenside or, or something. Um, Green Valley. Green Valley, yes. There's a nice shot of the lawyer as she leaves the police station, like smiling. <laughs> yeah. And as we've seen kind of Sam and Dean walk away from that grave, you can see in the background that it's still on fire, like there's an orange glow, which kind of answers your question. I think you're right though. I think they would have to, I guess if you've ever started a fire, this is a weird conversation. (laughs) You want to make sure that it's going before you kind of leave it alone. You need Mm -hmm. to kind of make sure that you've added enough accelerant or like, you've actually started like establishing it before you can then go and do other things. Like if you have a little fireplace, it takes right. a little moment where you have to sit in front of it and like, well, just watch it. Like, are you going to mm-hmm. start? Are you going to go? Maybe it's that. So the music at the end of this is Rooster by Alice in Change. This is a really great song. 
And they kind of have a similar, com- like, there's a kind of similar vibe to this as there is at the end of Night Shifter that Sam says. Thought we were screwed before? Yeah, yeah, I know. We gotta go deep this time. Deep? Dean? We should go to Yemen. Oh, I'm not sure I'm ready to go that deep. This doesn't feel like the end of this B plot, to be honest. No, not at all. No. I guess this is where my conflict is then, because. You know, Hendrickson's always like, oh, you're really good at covering your tracks. But then, like, they just left a grave open. Yeah. And burning. Another thing that I thought was kind of dumb on the FBI's part is they didn't verify mm-hmm. that what the lawyer told them was true. Like, surely that's what... I know they were strapped for time. Yeah, I think that's it. But, like, wouldn't you have somebody, like, stay behind and be like, you know, your little lackey sidekick? Wouldn't you tell him to, like, make sure... That this is correct. I guess so. I mean, if the lawyer was smart, she would have told them a graveyard that was like way too far for them to go to the other one if they verified it in time. You know, like mm. other side of the city kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that she chose to help them out. She obviously believed Dean. I mean, yes. she could potentially still get herself in a lot of trouble for that if she was found out that she was lying. But I guess she could always just say, "Well, I was mistaken." Um, I don't, or like, I didn't remember what I had written or something. Yeah. yeah. Because they're obviously going to find that open grave that's burning. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> they're going to find it right. eventually. <laughs> yeah. But surely they're going to go, because there's another, like, he's trying to obviously pin as much stuff on, on them as mm-hmm. that will, like, stick. So they already know, <clears throat> they already know that they were looking for a nurse Glockner. Yeah. So, like, when they find her, and yeah. her find that her grave is now burned. Okay, that's another count of uh, grave robbery or whatever. Desecration of a grave. I mean, at this point with the murder charges, like it feels like a drop in the ocean. Um, but like, yeah, yeah, you're right. It is clearly showing that that's what... The thing is, it paints a picture for Hendrickson as well, though, of what they're like, because they escaped from prison. And then the first thing they did when they escaped from prison was go and desecrate a grave. Like, it just makes them seem more out there to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think after this, he does kind of ramp up looking for them. I, I really like this storyline. I wish they had kept it a bit later on and it had gone for longer, I feel. Because they do kind of just drop this in the end. Like they don't really have any trouble from law enforcement anymore. They tend to work with them more than they work against them sometimes. Whereas their early interactions with law enforcement always feel very... I don't know. It's, it's almost difficult. In, like yeah. They're almost in contempt of them. Like I mean, we've seen, we've seen it with Dean. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when he said that Sam kind of tries to justify the police being there mm-hmm. and Sam's like well we could do it better yeah I, I think that's so. it I, I think they, they do have a lot of contempt for the police in the first few seasons and I think that does kind of disappear almost I don't know if maybe Jodie has something to do with that Jodie and Donna possibly but I guess, I guess it also you know where, where the story goes I, I feel like the police become like comes into perspective like mm. that they're they're very small in the whole landscape of things so they just almost brush them off whereas right now like their their world is very small mm-hmm. you know, is is all these very like there isn't this whole like overarching story as of yet yeah um it's very like um <laughs> very anime right where you're like fighting yeah. the next big bad and it's always bigger than the last one and like 
the other one's inconsequential now, even though it was a major player in the last season. It's, exactly. It's very bad. Yeah. Very much so. Overall, I think this episode is okay. Like, it has some interesting themes in it, um, but it does feel very much like a Monster of the Week episode. I don't think we ever see Deacon again, which is a shame, because that could have been an interesting relationship to explore with like a friend of their dad that is kind of like him because he was quite Mm -hmm. ready to sacrifice sam and dean to get this ghost like he asked him to do something that was really stupid so i think that could have been interesting and i I don't think we get to see that anymore so dean obviously doesn't uh, divulge like any personal information so i think as soon as deacon contacted them was like hey i need your help with this ghost thing but you need to be here to do it I don't think he told them that how much trouble he was in with like the FBI. No, I don't think Dean probably told Deacon about the FBI stuff, to be honest. I think you're right. So, you know, it was probably like after the fact when they found out like all of the charges that were against them mm. that he was like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I agree, actually. They, you're right. I, I'm putting a lot of blame on Deacon here, but you're probably right. I don't think they told them how much trouble they could get in if they did get caught in prison. Because if they had actually just been arrested for something like petty theft, I mean, it's obviously a big deal, but in the scheme of things for them, it maybe wouldn't have been such a big deal as getting arrested mm-hmm. for murder by Hendrickson. So yeah, maybe Deacon didn't fully understand what he was asking them to do, but that's pretty much on them. They should have told him that. But other than that, I think it's okay. Like, it stands up all right in the series. It's a nice B-plot episode. I don't think it's as good as, like, the usual Suspects or Night Shifter, but it's still, it's it's okay. Yeah, it sort of is missing that, like, it's missing that comedy. Mm. Like I said, this was was played very straight. Yeah. I feel like I could probably skip it (laughs) if I ever do a rewatch again. Mm. It's one of the first ones I kind of said that about so far it's all right (laughs) so what we got next week annabelle um so next week the episode is what is and what should never be and the reason why i went oh uh is because it's directed by kripke yes i knew this about this episode oh i have things to say about this one annabelle this one's gonna be interesting i'm looking forward to it so i mean that brings us to the end of this episode this week thank you to the pixel agora for our logo definitely go follow them on tumblr and go help them out on kofi or um you know commission some artwork from them you can find us on pretty much all platforms tumblr twitter instagram facebook uh youtube to search for escaping purgatory podcast we also do have uh merch on redbubble I actually recently ordered a whole bunch of stuff. I haven't got it yet, so once I do, I'll let you guys know how good a quality is. I mean, it's going to be Redbubble quality, obviously. Um, so if you've ordered from them before, you kind of know what you're getting. Uh, go check it out. Um, get yourself a logo and and be a purgatory pal. <laughs> Yay, be a purgatory pal. Okay, folks. This week, as we walk through purgatory... We had some kind of self-imposed lockdown and then we realised that was kind of dumb. And, uh, we managed to escape through a very conveniently placed air vent. So hopefully next week we can find our way out. Bye. Bye.